we've been preaching through the book of Matthew. We go verse by verse so we learn the Bible. And it's important that we learn the Bible because if you just kind of go here and there, you don't really get the nourishment that you need. Amen? When I go to a buffet, I'm tempted to just go to the, the, the dessert part and nitpick around, but I, I force myself to eat some broccoli and I force myself to eat some of them Brussels sprouts and I force myself to eat some of them mustard greens. But look at me, I'm incredible. You didn't hear me. Somebody turned me up a little bit on the monitors. You must have not heard me. Amen. We're in the book of Matthew, chapter 9. We're going to begin reading with verse 26 of this chapter. If you can, stand for the reading of God's Word. If you don't have a Bible with you, we always have God's Word up in lights. Verse 26, Matthew chapter 9. And the fame thereof went abroad into all the land. That's the fame of Jesus. Did you know Jesus is famous? He sure is. And when Jesus departed thence, that means he left Capernaum, left the place where Jairus' daughter he raised from the dead, and there the lady with the issue of blood. And as he's traveling, verse 27, he departed. Two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus Straightly, straightly or harshly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all the country. I want to use for a subject this morning you can learn a lot from a blind man. You may be seated. You can learn a lot from a blind man. These two blind men were under a test. Life is a test. I said life is a test. And life is full of tragedies. Life is full of storms. Life is full of heartbreaks. Life is full of disappointments. The storms come. The criticism comes. The harshness of others comes. Things come our way that are absolutely rude and disrespectful to human life. This world is, thank God, not my home. I'm just going to blow through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. That's not how the song goes, but I like the word blow through. Amen. But these two blind men, we don't know why they were blind. Maybe they were born blind. Maybe they had an accident. But we know that two men, when they heard of Jesus Christ, they began to reach out to the Son of God. Now, when troubles come, and life certainly is filled with storms and harsh elements, Many times when we're under deep tragedy, especially terminal sickness, we will gravitate to our friends, which is a wonderful thing. We will gravitate to family, which is a wonderful thing. But friends and family can only take you to the graveyard. They can't take you through. Jesus Christ is the only one that can take us through to the other side. And I love family, I love friends, but we need to understand we can't put our trust in friends and family. There's a limited amount of trust we can put, but we, we can't put our eternal, everlasting trust in just some comfort from someone that would 
sympathize with us or someone that would nourish us when we're going through a hard time. Many times people will take the storms, the tragedies, the harshness of life, and they'll gravitate to friends. And many times those friends are not good influence on them. Other times they well, they're well-meaning, they're loving, they're kind, they're gentle, they're, they're, they're compassionate, they're not necessarily sinful. They can be, but they're not necessarily all sinful. But what we must understand is that Life here on this earth is a test. And in the storm, are you going to look to people or are you going to look to God? In the time of tragedy, are you going to look to family and friends or are you going to look to God? Now, it's okay to look to family and friends, but you've got to look past that. You, you can't put a, a, a group of people around you and expect to go out you know, die and go out to meet God without putting Jesus Christ in the forefront of your life. Because no man can come to the Father except through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've seen this happen so many times. I've seen people come down with cancer. I've seen people come down with heart trouble. I've seen people come down with terminal disease. And they gravitate to their friends or family or maybe in the end hospice but they don't gravitate to Jesus Christ. We must understand that we don't just gravitate to Jesus Christ, we look to him and fasten our eyes on him because he is the one that goes past the graveyard. He takes us to the other world. And life is a test. In the storm, are you gonna look to Jesus Christ or get bitter? In the tragedies of life, are you going to look to Jesus Christ or get disappointed? In the hot uh, pressures of life and the disappointments and the, the depressions of life, are you going to look to people or are you going to look to Jesus Christ? Listen, you, you need not depart the church of Jesus Christ. You need not depart the word of God. You need not depart from Jesus Christ because he's more than enough. He's much more than your family. He's much more than your friends. He's much more than your circuit of people that you know. Because where they can't get down in where you live, Jesus can. And life is a test. These two blind men were under a test. Do they stagger in darkness the rest of their life? Do they gravitate to a beggar's life? Or do they hear about someone that's bigger than begging, bigger than death, bigger than darkness? And these two blind men decided that they would go the way of Jesus. They decided they were not gonna walk in darkness anymore, but they were gonna walk in the light of Jesus Christ. Now they were under test. They're on their way to see Jesus. They're crying out. And the two blind men cry, Jesus, thou son of David. Now, you must understand that when it says these two blind men, in verse 27, cried out to Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us, that don't mean that they just said, Jesus, son of David, would you have mercy on me? It doesn't mean they just ask in a monotone voice. It doesn't mean they cried a bucket of tears. It means they screamed. They screamed. And if we allow darkness in our life to build up, you will find a place in your life where you will scream for help. If you, if you wander in darkness, if you're bound in darkness like these blind men, you will reach a place where the darkness will build up, the, 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 the depression will build up, the discouragement will build up, the sin will build up, the obsessions will build up, the addictions will build up until you reach a place that you're ready to scream. And the blind man screamed to Jesus. They followed Jesus in their darkness. Let me say right now, we can learn a lot from a blind man. 
because they followed Jesus, but they couldn't see him. But they could hear him. They could feel his presence. They followed Jesus. They couldn't see him, but they followed Jesus. And people that were following Jesus, they went with the crowd that was following Jesus. Don't ever go with the crowd that's not following Jesus. Don't ever go with a family member that's not following Jesus. Don't ever go with the crowd that's not following Jesus. Always go with the crowd that's following Jesus. And maybe you can't see your way through. Maybe like these two blind men, you can't see your way through, but the pressure's building up. The, the darkness is building up. And you need to listen to what God has to say. Follow the voice of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. The Blind men followed the voice of Jesus. They followed the crowd that was pursuing Jesus Christ. Welcome. We're the crowd that's following Jesus Christ. <laughs> Woo! And they were screaming. Things build up in our life to where we have to let it out. Amen. How many know what... Uh, what a pressure cooker is. Anybody know a pressure cooker? And my mom used to put green beans in a pressure cooker. Well, she'd put anything in it, you know, vegetables. And she'd get it boiling. The, that pot would, had a rubber seal on it. She'd seal it, get it boiling, and that little, little snoot sticking up, little pipe sticking up, started blowing steam and whistling. And mama would get a little old doogidger. That's all I can call it, a doogidger. And she'd put it on that five pound, 10 pound, whatever pound, you know, it, it had four holes on it. She'd put it on that little doogidger. And it, it'd go. Pressure cooker. I'm looking at some of you right now, you're going. You better thank God for the dew jigger. Yeah. <laughs> One day the dew jigger got stopped up in my home at, when we lived out on the old farm on the old Boyd place and the dew jigger got stopped up. And the dew jigger wasn't doing the dew jigging. <laughs> and the whole lid went kablooey. Green beans all over the ceiling. Some of you are in that place, screaming in the darkness, kablooey! Yeah. Let me introduce you to a little do-jigger. Say, so, well, what's that little do-jigger? I am today. I'm the do-jigger today. But these blind men are going to follow, they are following Jesus Christ. And while they're following Jesus, oh, we ain't got to the good part yet. This is, I mean, this is just awesome stuff. They're screaming for help. It seems like Jesus is ignoring them. They're screaming for help. And they follow Jesus to a house. It doesn't say what house it is, but I'm going to call it my father's house. Because wherever Jesus Christ is, it's my father's house. And so they followed Jesus to a house. The Bible says that when they came to the house, verse 27, as they were crying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. And by the way, the, the title, Jesus, thou son of David, meant that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the son of King David. He's the Messiah. He's the promised Messiah. And these blind men knew that Jesus was the promised Messiah. And when he was coming into the house, verse 28, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I'm able to do this? And they said, Yea, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, you are. Well, I added a little bit there, but it's the same thing. Amen. And uh, I guess my question would be, why did Jesus take them into the house? I think the answer is simple. 
He took them into the house because they were having a breakdown. They couldn't hear for the crowd. They couldn't focus for the storms around them, the noise around them. And Jesus took them into the house because they were having a nervous breakdown maybe. Maybe they were having a time in which they were just beside themselves. And so Jesus Christ takes them into the house, into a quiet place. He takes them into the house, into a quiet place, my father's house. And he sits those two blind men, whether they sit down or stood, I don't know. But he says, I brought you into this house because you are beside yourself. And you need to listen to me. And here's what he asked them blind men. Do you, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe that I am able? Do you believe God is able? Let that sink in. Do you believe God is able to get you out of your predicament? Do you believe God is able to take you to heaven? Do you believe God is able to set you free from addiction? Do you believe God is able to turn your lights on and cause your eyes to be open? He's speaking to the blind man. Do you believe that God is able? Do you believe I'm able to do this? Do you? And they shouted, yes, Lord. Can I hear a yes, Lord, out there? Can I hear a yes, Lord, out there? It makes no difference how much trouble you feel that you're in. There's a yes, Lord, in your life. It makes no difference how hellish the storm is. There's a yes, Lord, in your life. If you can just get enough faith in your soul to say, yes, God, you're able. Yes, God, you love me. Yes, God, you're awesome. Yes, Jesus, you, you're able to heal me. You're able to set me free. Do you believe that I'm able? And they said, yes, Lord, yay, Lord. And Jesus touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. You're under a test. Are you going to believe God? Or are you going to believe your storm bigger than you believe God? Are you going to believe God or... Are you going to believe your predicament more than you believe God? And Jesus Christ said, according to your faith, he reached over and touched those two blind men, and their eyes were opened. Woo! Praise the Lord. How many would agree that's an awesome thing? Their eyes were open. While they're in a panic mode, Jesus takes them into a house I call it the Father's house. While they're in panic mode, he says to them, calm down. Your problem isn't as big as you think it. What do you mean my problem is? I'm blind. Calm down. Don't listen to the howling winds outside. Don't listen to the criticism. Don't listen to people say you'll never change. Don't listen to someone say you're just trash. Don't listen to someone say you'll never, you'll never amount to anything. Don't let anybody belittle you. Calm down. Calm down. Do you believe that God is able? Do you believe that Jesus is able? And they said, yes, Lord. And Jesus touched them. And their eyes were opened. Now, here we come to an incredible place. He heals them. Now, in verse 26, it says, His fame went abroad throughout all the land. 
in verse 31, but they, when they departed, spread abroad his fame in all the country. Now, what happened was they spread the fame of Jesus in the Capernaum area to where Jesus was forced into the Judean wilderness because he couldn't get anything done because the masses just crowded him out. And so he took a, a, a part to another place and taught his disciples for a while because the crowds were just hammering him down. They were screaming for help. Now, you know, America is screaming for help but they're screaming for the government's help. They're screaming for the neighbor's help. They're screaming for politicians' help. They're screaming for a change. They're screaming to, to, to win a lottery. They're screaming to get rich. They're screaming to, to get this or get that. But let me tell you, friends, stop, settle down. Just settle down. Enter into the house of God. Enter into the place of God. You're in a panic mode. Stop and listen to what Jesus Christ said. Or do you believe that I'm able to do this? The more often you say, yes, Lord, the stronger your faith gets. The more often you come to church, the stronger your faith gets. The more often you hear the word of God, the stronger your faith gets. Do you believe that I, Jesus Christ, says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Can I hear a yes, Lord? And he heals them. How many know that is a drastic change from blindness to light? They were in darkness. Their whole world changed. Their whole light, their whole world was illuminated with light now. And then Jesus tells them, don't tell anybody. <laughs> now, I want, there's a reason Jesus told them, don't tell anybody. And, and I realized that he was forced out of, into the wilderness area because of the crowds. But I also believe Jesus was teaching us something. Verse 30 says, and their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, Straightly, straightly means that he sternly told them, see that no man knows this. See that no man knows that, you're, that you can see. Whoa! Don't you think Jesus Christ knew they couldn't keep quiet? And not only could they not keep quiet, they could not act like they were blind. They didn't see a crowd coming and go, oh, act like you're blind. <laughs> oh, I see, I see old, I see old Lazarus coming my way. Act like I'm blind. I'm blind. Act like I'm blind. <laughs> Jesus in this scripture is giving us a lesson on pretending. Hello. I want you to understand something about this thing. There's three people, three categories. There's the believer, the unbeliever, and the make-believers. I said there's the believer, the unbeliever, and the make-believers. Believers, if they're truly believers, everybody will know they're believers. If they're an unbeliever, everybody will know they're an unbeliever. It's them make-believers that throw us for a loop. Jesus is teaching us a lesson about pretending. He knew that those two blind men could not pretend. He knew they couldn't be quiet. He said, well, why did he tell them not to? He wanted to teach them and you and I a lesson about pretending. And here we go. We need to understand 
Now, when Jesus Christ said to these blind men, don't you tell anyone, don't, don't. And, and that isn't the word about, he, di- he didn't say don't tell them. He said, he said uh, see that no man know it. Wow, that's even tougher. Don't let anybody know that you can see. Okay. That's impossible. But I want to share something with you that's very important about this this passage Jesus is teaching us about pretending. Pretending is wrong. If you are well, don't pretend you're sick. Because if you are well and you pretend you're sick, you are sick in a different way. If you can see, don't. Jesus knew that they couldn't keep it from people knowing it. He knew that. But he wanted to show them a great lesson. You can't pretend that you can't see when you can see. And you can't pretend you can see when you can't see. You say, how'd you get that out of the Bible? It's right there. I read it. It's pretty cool. Lessons from this this miracle that Jesus Christ performed. Not only do you, you don't pretend you're sick when you're well, but you don't pretend if you're sick that you're well. So you don't pretend that you're well if you're sick, and you don't pretend that you're sick, when you understand that when you pretend that you're sick and you're well, it's trouble. And when you pretend that you're well, but you're really sick, that's also trouble. Now, I'm not saying that you go around telling everybody, oh, I'm sick. Stick out your tongue, ah, I'm sick. I'm not saying that you go to everybody and say, oh, man, let me tell you about my pain. That's not what Jesus is teaching here. He's teaching, don't let your sickness dominate your life. But don't pretend that you're not sick. Face it head on. Now, you're not to go around advertising that you're sick, but you are to have a message, yea, Lord, I believe you're able. Your, your message should be, I'm catching a healing coming on. Your message should be, I look bad, but I'm going to look good after a while. Amen? And Jesus is teaching you, don't pretend. And you can apply that to being a Christian well as well. If you're saved... You don't pretend that you're not. If you're a child of God, you don't pretend that you're not. Because if you try to pretend that you're not saved and you are saved, you're only qualifying or you're only pleasing men around you, people around you. You're, you're a man pleaser. You're a person pleaser. If you're saved, you don't pretend that you're not. Because the crowd you're with is not. If you're saved, you're saved. Amen? Hello? That, that happens a lot. People are saved, but they get around the wrong crowd and they pretend they're not. And if they don't pretend they're not, they live like they're not saved. Brings me to another little phrase. If you're lost, don't pretend you're saved. If you're lost, don't pretend you're saved. Because if you pretend you're saved, other people will believe you, and then you will be embarrassed when you need to come to Christ 
Because everybody around you, you pretended to be saved. And when you pretend to be saved, you're a liar. And the Bible says that all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. You don't pretend you're saved when you're not. Because when you pretend you're saved and you're not saved, all you do is escalate the problem, and it's going to be harder for you to really truly get saved. And if you're a Christian and you pretend you're not a Christian, you're also complicating things because people will get to the place when they discover they're going to feel like you're a deceiver. Did Jesus tell them, don't, don't let anybody know you're healed? Don't let anybody know that you, you can see? That's what he said. How many know that Jesus is brighter than to know that they, they can't do that? How many know Jesus knew that there's no way they could pretend that they couldn't see? And I want you to know Jesus Christ has given us a warning. Do not live a life of pretending. If you're saved, show it. Tell it. Live it. Talk about it. Honor God. If you're not saved, confess you're not and pray to God. He'll draw your soul and you will not burn in hell for eternity. See, we can learn a lot from a blind man. Amen? Amen. Could you imagine them trying to do what Jesus said? Don't let anybody know you're healed. Don't let anybody know you can see. And you know, it's a silly illustration. I understand that. But here comes, here comes Zachariah. Pretend. And there's people in churches doing this all the time. Pretending. And then there's others walking around pretending that they can see, and they can't. And they're bumping into theological walls. They're bumping into unbelief. They're bumping into despair. If you can't see, don't pretend you can. Because if you pretend you can see and you can't, there's no hope for you. Don't pretend you can see. That's what the Pharisees did. They pretended they could see. But they couldn't see. They couldn't see the Messiah. They couldn't see the majestic power of God. They couldn't answer the question in affirmity, do you believe that I'm able to do this? So it's time to fess up. You're either saved or you're not. You're either a true Christian or you're not a Christian. You're either a believer or an unbeliever or a make-believer. Everybody in this room is one of those three people, either a believer, an unbeliever, or a make-believer. And Jesus Christ is saying to these two blind men, don't ever pretend. Don't be a make-believer. Be honest. Jesus knew that they couldn't hide it. And I think all of a sudden the blind men said, we can't do this. And I believe Jesus somewhere, I don't, I'm sure he knew what went on. I believe he chuckled. Yeah, I know you can't do it. I told you not to, but I knew you'd do it. Because there's no way you can hide it. When God's so big, you can't hide him. When you're a Christian, you can't hide it. If you pretend, it's going to damn you. It's going to discourage you. You can't hide it. 
without feeling deep condemnation, you cannot hide the fact that you can't pretend you're a Christian when you're not. Well, what will people think of me? Same thing they already think of you. You're a sinner. You're lying. Amen? Now, I used to preach a lot more gentle, a lot more softer, but I listened to Bobby preach a few days. And I thought, if you kick me out, I'm going to go on the road with his boys. And I'm going to pretend that I can play and sing. But I may know they'll know that I can't. You can learn a lot from a blind man. When Jesus said, don't, make sure no one knows it. That is hilarious. Make sure no one knows you see. They've been staggering around, tripping over things for years. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, don't let anybody know that now. Well, Jesus knew that was impossibility. What he was trying to do is teach us what I'm preaching to you. Something about pretending. Pretending is never successful. Make-believing is never successful. And once again, if you're, if you're well, don't pretend you're sick. Because when you're well and you pretend you're sick you'll probably end up sick. And if you're sick and you pretend you're well, that's the wrong way to go about it. If you're sick, you need to honor God and say, I am believing. I believe, yes, Lord, you're able to do this. You're able to heal my body. Faith is not meant for you to be an imposter, to deny something that you are. Faith is meant to be exactly what you are, to be honest and simple with God. Amen? Amen. It's good stuff. I was reading it, I thought, wow, this is just incredible. Some people have learned to be make-believers so well they know where to say, Amen! Hallelujah! Preach it, preacher! And you're sitting there in your pretense, pretending, and you're not even a Christian. And Jesus says, that will hang your soul in hell forever. Be honest. Be honest. Amen? I, uh, I put this message together rather quickly because I've been rather busy this week. But there is something that I feel that we need to understand that Jesus Christ is trying to say to us in this story of the blind men. And that is, if you're about to scream, scream! Amen? I forgot to tell you, when they take the do jigger off, that ain't exactly how it sounds, but I'm not a musician nor a singer. And so when I'm through de-jiggering you, we'll pull the jigger off and you can scream to Jesus. You can scream to Jesus. Don't scream at your children. Don't scream at your husband. Don't scream at your wife. Don't scream at others. Scream to Jesus. He can take your screaming. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, okay, I will, but come into the house. 
because you're in a panic mode. Calm down. Do you think I can do this? Come down. Do you think God's big enough? Come down. You want to see me work? Yes, Lord. And Jesus said, according to your faith, and he touched them, they were healed. Let me tell you, friends, you're not going to get much out of God until you invest the time to build your faith. Invest in the time to build your faith. Because if you don't invest in the time to build your faith, you're going to spend a whole life of screaming. Darkness, building up, pressure, pain, and agony. And then there'll be times when you'll feel like when you get around Christians, you'll pretend you're a Christian. When you're around lost people, you'll pretend you're lost. You'll, you'll go with the crowd. Amen? So you'll go with the crowd. But it's time to pick your crowd. This is my crowd. This is my crowd. This is my crowd that loves church. This is my crowd that loves God. This is my crowd that loves good gospel music. This is my crowd that loves to pray. This is my crowd that knows that Jesus is famous. This is my crowd that tries to live for God and live holy for God and do our best. And when we trip and stumble, we ask for forgiveness because this is my crowd. And I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to be a make-believer. I'm not going to pretend I'm Christian and not. I, I, I am a Christian. But there was a time in my life that I pretended a little bit. Jesus teaches us in this miracle of the blind man the two blind men, the lesson about pretending. They couldn't do it. It wasn't possible. And you may do it for a while, but it will unravel on you. You may pretend to be a Christian, but after a while, you're going to box yourself in a corner. Amen? Amen? I'll not tell you who it was, but when we were drywalling this church, and I put we in there, I watched. <laughs> when we were drywalling this church, we drywalling this church. And I'll not say who it was, but he was, he was actually a good drywaller, but he, he had a loose boat upstairs, I guess. I don't know what happened? Some of you know who I'm talking about, so please forgive me if you feel like I'm being unfair. But, but he put sheetrock together, and he got it all nailed in. He got in, and he put that last sheet up and nailed it down. Then he discovered that he was in a little box. There's sheetrock all around him. Remember that? Yeah. So he had to act like the Kool-Aid man and bust through the wall. You know the Kool-Aid man. Am I, am I telling my age? How many know who the Kool-Aid man is? With it looks like the picture of Kool-Aid and he busts through the wall. All right. I'll try something else. But you're going to box yourself into a corner. All Jesus wants out of you this morning, don't pretend. If you're a Christian, praise God for it. If you're an unbeliever, you can become a believer. But if you're a make-believer, that's when you need to say no more. Because I'm really, not, I'm really not 
deceiving anybody but myself. And those blind men could not pretend. Jesus knew it was impossible. And I want to say it is impossible to pretend to be a believer and not be one. Amen? I'll not mention no names, but I knew a person that pretended all the time they were sick. And they wasn't. And people who pretend all the time that they're sick and they're not, the doctor catches on to that. And the doctor on his way to the examination room says, here comes some easy money. And got a little tablet. Now it's a computer, but back then they had a little tablet. And they start talking about, man, I'm hurting in my lumbago. My Zachareliac's hurting. I think I got a massive hernia in my nose. And the doctor's doing this. But when you turn it around, it's just a blank sheet of paper. (laughs) If you pretend, God sees through that, and people will begin to see through it. It may take a while, but they'll see through it. So my, my invitation is this. If you're an unbeliever, come and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a believer, praise God for it and start living like one. Start serving God like you're a believer. If you're a believer, prove it to yourself and prove it to the world that you're a believer. If you're a make-believer, if you're a make-believer, stop it. Stop pretending. The greatest feeling in the whole world is when you stop pretending and you just be you. Just be you. Amen? I've been preaching long enough I don't really care what people think of me. I've been preaching long enough it doesn't really care whether you like the sermon or not. I've been preaching long enough that I'm more concerned about what he thinks of it than you. I've been preaching long enough, I don't want a big crowd. Big crowds are trouble. And I had a preacher tell me one time, don't do that, you'll end up with a big crowd. I want you to understand that the greatest thing in all the world is you and Jesus alone. The greatest feeling in all the world. Doesn't matter what your neighbor thinks. Doesn't matter what your husband or spouse, your wife thinks. Doesn't matter what your children think. Doesn't matter what anybody thinks. You're just real. So we're going to give an invitation. And I'm not going to pry, but I I want you to understand that if you've been pretending, it don't work. Any more than them blind men could pretend that they couldn't see. It doesn't work. And you can't pretend that you can see if you can't see. You can't pretend. Are you hearing me? Judy, when she gets up in the night, every light in the house goes on. When my wife gets up, every door opens in the house. She leaves doors open, lights are on everywhere. When my wife gets up, it's let there be light. (laughs) When I get up in the night, I don't flip a switch because I can see. I don't leave a door open. I don't turn a light on. Caleb had been over to the house, my grandson. And here I am walking through the darkness, pretending I could see. (laughs) And I stepped on a fire truck, a toy fire truck. (laughs) 
And the first thing I did is scream. And the second thing I did, where is the light switch? Maybe you need to ask yourself, where's the light switch? I need to see. No pretending. See, you can learn a lot from a blind man. Isn't that a good, good story? It's a beautiful story. And Jesus has a purpose for everything he does. And I tell you, there's some people in this room right now, when you read that where Jesus said to those blind men, now, see to it that nobody knows it. You thought, what? And all Jesus was doing is teaching us a lesson on pretending. Oh. You can't pretend. If God is in you, he's in you. You can't pretend. Amen? I'll close with this little illustration. A little girl was in a classroom, and the teacher was saying, God is big. He can hold the whole world in his hands. God, from everlasting to everlasting. And that God, Jesus, wants to live in your heart. She said, teacher, teacher. And the teacher said, what, honey? She said, if God is that big and he gets in my heart, won't he stick out in some places? God spent 23 years trying to get in me. And now that he got in me at the age of 23, he spent the rest of my life trying to get out of me. So people could see. Stand with me. Hallelujah! Let's not, let's not pretend. If you're not a Christian, come up here and let's get this thing straightened up. If you're, if you're not really a child of God, come up here. We're not, nobody's going to find fault with you. You'll be miserable as long as you pretend. If you're not a Christian, you've been pretending to be one. You need to come down here quickly. And you need to say, I'm through pretending. I'm going to be a believer. And if you're in this room right now and you've been screaming... And the Digger McGidge is about done preaching. You can come to the altar and you can scream to Jesus. And he'll take you into a quiet place. Father's house will touch your life. Altar's open, you come.